Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Australian Survivor. Survivor is Survivor New Zealand. Survivor. 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 21 South African 12 ordinary Australians. 16 New Zealanders. Hello everyone, Shannon Garcia getting you ready for our week 7 exit interviews for Survivor UK. The season continues to be so much fun. Another two incredible episodes this week for a post-merge that has been so, so good. So I got to speak to Lawrence and then to Nathan. Two really worthwhile interviews, took a lot of time with both of them. So thank you to the BBC for that as always. Sorry for the delay on these ones, but I hope it was worth the wait. The recap with Mike filling in for George this week is out as George is overseas. And I've just recorded the check-in with Rob as well. So all that week seven content should be hitting your feed and the patron feed pretty much now, if not already. So hope you enjoy all of that. Thank you for listening to these exit interviews and I will see you on the other side. Hello, hello. Hi, Lawrence. Welcome to RHAP. I'm so sorry to see you go. You were a preseason favorite from all the way back then. So I'm really sorry that it went this way. Too kind, you know, uh, at some point I got to get my own spanking in and well, it was about time, I suspect. So mm-hmm. yeah, I apologize for my rather unattractive uh, college dorm background um, and it's looking particularly dark, but it's probably good. I can hide in the darkness. And so that does a trick too. 
No, it's all good. I mean, I have so much to ask you. Firstly, we have to talk about the Tanuke vote. Um, you kind of part of the flip. You vote for Pegleg. You don't vote, you know, to to save Tanuke, but you don't vote Tanuke out. Um, you give her some information, but from what she said, it was very close to tribal council. It wasn't all the information. It wasn't about Matthew flipping. Can you tell me what your thought process was through this vote and how you think that went? Oh, you go straight for the, the toughies first. Yes, the, the, the question on everyone's lips, I think, Morris. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tanuki's was a particularly tricky one. And this is all in the context of like a very long sort of friendship with Tanuki. I think Tanuki's the one person who I had really a very high degree of trust the entire way through the game and who I felt as a result, I owed her a certain level of um, sort of integrity too. At the same time, uh, we saw, you know, how things were moving and how she and Nathan did have this very strong connection right towards the end of the game. And it seemed clear to me on the one hand that, you know, I wasn't a priority there and that, uh, well, Nathan, in my view, uh, needed to go. Uh, Bless his soul, he's a hilarious guy. But um, as the things that are in the game of Survivor, you know, you can trust someone with your firstborn baby outside survivor but within the game as soon as the trust has been broken once um it's nearly impossible to break it again and of course this isn't from some it's simply the fact that uh, it was clear to me that you know i voted once against him and that he would never uh trust me again and uh, he made that abundantly clear so it was clear to me we needed to uh well split them up so i would have preferred to go for for nathan uh because he was a very strong challenger the other hand, the, the case of Tanuki made a lot of sense too. I mean, she's brilliant. Uh, without a doubt, I would have said the, the most obvious candidate from the beginning to have won this entire thing. Um, so she was the, the big threat there. And well, I didn't have the sort of clout to be able to change everyone's opinion to go for Nathan instead of Tanuki. I thought, all right, I'll go ahead with this plan. But at the same time, and here's a nice, like, ethical, like, um, sort of head scratcher, how to maintain everything together without, uh, you know, completely being a, a grade A uh, schmuck. And <laughs> so I came up with this huge, uh, like, mm. tangle of, like, sort of moral limbo. How can I be part of this? And at the same time, like, somehow honor her. And so I stuck to a very sort of legalistic view. Like, mm. well, I strictly vote her out. Um, and went for the compromise within the group. I said, look, I'm not going to vote for Tanuki, so I'm going to have to vote for a burner vote. And so Peg was like, okay, you can take my name. So I just went for Peg. And of course, you know, I have a lot of these uh, odd promises to myself that from the outside perspective make no sense. For example, <laughs> I have uh, promised that I would never smoke a cigarette in my life, and this from a very young age, but everything that's not strictly a cigarette, I'm willing to smoke. The point, you know, give me a tea back and I'll probably end up smoking that. So it's exactly that sort of very mm. technical point. So I felt I like justified myself by not mm. voting um, for Peg and thought that perhaps by go making, staking this claim here, I would signal to others that I had some shred of integrity, which I'd already uh, had been called into question previous uh, uh, sort of episodes. And then, but nevertheless... I was still like racked by guilt uh, about Tanuki. So I thought, okay, uh, if I spill the beans uh, in, in a slight way and just tip her off and thereby giving her at least knowledge and perhaps even the smallest chance that she could change things around, 
then things would be okay. Um, and at the same time, you know, I would maintain her, uh, well, her trust. I didn't expect her to like use that last minute, like mm-hmm. literally seconds left to go stomping around asking everybody else. So that, that wasn't great because then they were put in an awkward position uh, to the point where like, oh my God, like uh, Lawrence, you know, uh, they, they were literally having to bend their own integrity just so that I can maintain my own yeah. fragile sense of integrity. And ultimately Tanuki uh, still believed that I'd voted her out. So she, the yeah. first thing she did uh, when she was voted out, she came up to me like, Lawrence, uh, did you vote for me? And I said, no, uh, but mm-hmm. she didn't believe me until after I left. She was still convinced there's no way Matty would have done this and it must have been mean. So how um, I suppose this all comes down, not from a particularly strategic sense, there mm. were strategic elements there, but rather from moral. Uh, uh, well, some elements of moral uh, mm. morale and morality, but also just the, the absolute bizarre uh, situation you find yourself in at that point of complete starvation, delusion, paranoia, and all the rest. So as we saw with my, uh, well, the episode that we, uh, episode 13th, which was absolute chaos. There was not a shred of planning or, or strategy there that everyone was sort of, you know, scrambling about, completely scratching their heads. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you tied yourself into Nods Lawrence with that to try and get it around to, you know, play within, play within the lines technically, but that's, you know, it's a really, really tough one with Tanuke there, but Going forward, what was your plan? What was your group like? Because you haven't really voted with anyone at that point. Like you, you kind of have, like you're kind of with Chris and Matt. What, what, where were you going forward with this? We see there's a bit of a relationship with Leilani. Did you see yourself more with like Nathan and Leilani? We see you vote for Hannah. Did you see, see yourself with Chris and Matt who had flipped and you'd kind of half flip with them? Like where was your group here if you'd been able to kind of go forward with some sort of structure? So my strength in the past, uh, which is probably what makes me somewhat unremarkable, is that I managed to play a fairly neutral game. I got along with everybody without um, sort of firmly setting up myself in a particular camp and therefore was not a target at all until now. The only time I'd been a serious target was uh, around Rachel and, uh, and Jess's and uh, that that was a surprise to begin with. But till then, I pl- played a fairly smooth and neutral game. And that was still the plan uh, to continue onwards. From that point, uh, it was clear in my head and also in a number of others that, you know, I was yet to be uh, for the chopping block for a while. Uh, it was very clear that the next would be Chris and then Nathan. Mm. Uh, and that was at least what, what we'd understood with a few people left. Of course, uh, a huge spanner in the works there when, when Chris found the idol and Nathan found it as well. I didn't know quite the extent of the bungling by, um, by Matty and Chris. That was really a, uh, an embarrassment that really cracked me up on the weekend watching this back. But mm-hmm. from then on, it would have been a, a, a process of probably ended up with, uh, hopefully with Matty and say Leilani. Or, or even Hannah, and using that, using that towards the end. For me, it was clear that Chris is, was, was a can that was being kicked down the road, and that's like everyone's uh, way of thinking that, you know, there's no way Ch- Chris will make it, but nonetheless, he played masterfully. So um, yeah, despite all expectations, uh, well, he's still in the game, which is it was remarkable. Yeah, well, you know, you're going to vote for Hannah here. You know, you say you connect to her the least. 
was there a plan, you know, to counter Nathan's idol? He'd said that you might have been a target. Obviously, we see the voice then thrown onto you as a contingency. Were you trying to do anything about making someone else some sort of contingency to protect that against yourself or to protect against an idol? Or was it just at that point, just pandemonium? At that point, it really was pandemonium. And it was shown to be even slightly more structured than I think it was, because there was a point, it was pretty much who left the conversation first. And that's when they were like, okay, let's put it on Lawrence. Because we were, at this point, you know, uh, Chris was safe uh, with a big smile on his face. Nathan was safe with his uh, idol. And he with here he had a, a brief little uh, tickling with madness because he really saw this sneering uh, uh, <laughs> on him. And it was hilarious because at the time, like, he'd come across as such a sort of rational uh, person. I think just the dynamics of the game, and particularly you know, Tanuki uh, leaving, and he'd probably sort of had enough in his own sense that he was like, okay, like now, now this is my, it's, I've got the ring of power sort of thing. And he really lorded over us and made it clear that the rest of us, we were just scrambling. And, you know, as soon as one person, we'd be in the middle, like, who do we vote for? And, you know, the people who we could vote for were within that circle. And as soon as one would go off, like, are we going to go take them out? Mm-hmm. Of course, I must have left long enough to... Uh, have uh, every every vote placed on myself so it really was um, uh, fairly unexpected but um, yeah uh, how does one react in situations of limited information and uh, and uh, time time budget so yeah very very tough I'd love to go back to early Calaton before the swap to what you kind of felt like the hierarchy was I know you were kind of in like a neutral position how did you kind of see the dynamic there and what would you say were your kind of prime relationships I know the Tanuke was obviously a major one Shy seemed to be a prime connection going forward like where did you see your place in the tribe and your main connections within that uh, again, like I played the somewhat neutral game, and what surprises me, is, for example, is uh, that Matty and I were never shown in a single scene together. We were bouncing around like Dumb and Dumber and uh, <laughs> making bad jokes about being bin men and things throughout, and so never once were we sort of shown together. But we we got along like a house on fire. Big fan of Tanuki, obviously. Shy was a, a, my strongest ally there, mm. but I I was point is i wasn't sort of disliked by anybody and as a result like wasn't um, was doing purposely going out of my way not to align myself too closely in the eyes of anyone else to somebody to avoid being uh targeted or seen as uh plotting away didn't always yeah. work of course but i i, I noticed very quickly uh, uh and early onwards how easily it is to be seen as soon as you're seen politicking uh immediately a target would be on your back Yeah, but you're forced, I think, to get into this position where you are going to make a big move, you know, you and Shai flipping on what was your original Calaton members um, with Nathan and Jess. So what was your thought process there on flipping with Shai to to team up with Doug and Pegleg and take out Jess? I'd love to just hear, yeah, first about the flip itself and then to choose Jess over Nathan from from that point of view. Well, uh, for me, it was very straightforward in the sense that Jess had voted uh, for me before. And on the same logic that we had before about survivor trusts, you know, again, um, I'm sure like I would offer her my firstborn baby, but nonetheless, uh, she'd, uh, she'd voted for me, uh, that trust, I, I, I don't think I could ever trust her again and nor, nor could she. Um, so that, that whole like Calaton true, it wasn't really worth much when just a few, uh, you know, uh, votes later, she might've voted for me. 
Uh, Nathan, so between Nathan and her, uh, she was uh, the clearer option simply because mm-hmm. uh, Nathan, I, you know, I'd never voted for Nathan before. Uh, and these two, uh, Doug and Peg, uh, seemed like very affable, likable potential allies. So we thought let's put our lot with them. And uh, they seemed uh, trustworthy enough. And at the same time, I thought that um, so I was here guilty of uh, sort of really piggybacking off of Shy. Um, because I, I knew very well that he was a, a strategist, that he knew the game very well, uh, but also that he was being perceived as someone who was uh, perhaps a bit sneaky and in very much uh, like a strategist sort of uh, politicking about. And so I thought, well, brilliant. Uh, so I can uh, hide behind Shy and let him make all the big moves, uh, while especially if we did make it to the merge, for example. He would probably get all that blame, and I would get away scot free as a, a bumbling, a bum scratcher that I was on the beach. Um, mm-hmm. So there I was being a bit uh, way, like leaning heavily on him, but uh, he, he was he was brilliant, and uh, uh, well, it's because of him probably that I, I made it much further as well. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it made a lot of sense, I think, to use him as a shield, and that's going to actually play out when he goes. But I'd love to hear this relationship with Shy. If he was your prime ally, and he was always in trouble with Shy, <laughs> like he was always, it was always between someone and Shy. And so, what was it like? Firstly, what what kind of drew you to him to have that relationship? And then, what was it like to have an ally who was always kind of like on the brink of extinction? Um, and then eventually, you know, they flip back and he's taken out. So it feels like it was a, probably a roller coaster to be Shy's number one ally. Yeah, and I suppose so I, I saw from early on that uh, poor, poor Shai was really, um, it was subtle things because I, I've, I don't find it too difficult to get along with most people. But in those situations, when you're hungry, the light is going out, we don't have a bed, everything's collapsing, people start getting a bit um, sort of, uh, well, what's the term, just a bit sort of easily uh, uh, irritated, aggravated. And, you know, people are like, let's get moving. And so Shy uh, is just a slightly more direct person than most other people. Me, you know, I'm like, all right, if I sleep in a bin tonight, that's fine. But um, as a result, it's created these micro tensions uh, with, say, Leilani or Nathan or other people in the in the tribe, which wasn't, especially in, on such an early point, was uh, is not quickly forgotten. And so this also then in future challenges, I saw that you know he was like, I know how to do this. I've seen this before on previous challenges. We have to do this and this, this, and people didn't necessarily like being told, even though it was the, the obvious sense of thing. So he was just slightly less delicate in in communicating these things across. And as said, like he was a wealth of information, so it made complete sense. And it was just good to have a, a you know a friend, and he saw that in me, and I saw that in him. Um, and well, there was a benefit for for both of us. He, I think, uh, was able to use some of the goodwill I had in the tribe to be less uh, sort of isolated, and I was very happy to have him. Uh, a word and uh, you know uh, an ally and a, a strategist yeah and then what was it like you know to, to almost lose him like 15 different times and then to actually lose him when you're blindsided well I, as i assume blindsided when doug and peg flip back over i because it, in so many times where i i nearly did lose him so to speak mm. I never really thought he was in trouble. There were a lot of mutterings around, but I'd always make the point in these conversations to sort of uh, 
move votes away from Shai. So I actually really was quite surprised when Shai was voted out. Mm. And you could see me looking completely dumbstruck uh, when it does happen, because I realized all of a sudden how vulnerable I was. I mean, uh, I was left with this wonderful bunch of fellows, um, Nathan, Pegleg and Doug. But it was so patently obvious to me that uh, even though so Doug and Peg had been my previous allies, my simple fact of having been by association being with Shy meant I was next. So when the merge came, you found no happier than bu- a bunny than myself, really. So Yeah, but at the merge, you're kind of forced to go back with Calaton, who at that point, like is Nathan, who, as you said, that there was already kind of that divide with someone like Nathan. You get back with Tanuke, which is good. Matthew, um, Leilani, who we can talk about as well. But you're you put back into Calaton through these votes through the merge where Lenena is going to implode and Calaton are going to kind of push that to take out Lee, Ash, Doug through this early part of the merge. So what was your thought on being kind of back in this Calaton family where you had defected and like been brought back here in, in a way? Uh, I don't think um, that was at all a concern. Uh, when when I arrived, uh, those micro-tensions that were there, the niggling point of me having both for Nathan, would only be something that would be relevant much further in mm. the game, simply because uh, you know we had bigger fish to fry uh, right now. And I breathed a huge uh, you know, breath of relief because I, was, I felt like I am so far down the uh, kicking... Um, order or the pecking uh, order that i can i can breathe lightly for now um so at that point it was like very happy you know grab whatever coconut can and celebrate and watch um lenena or the original ones uh, sort of pick themselves off were there any specific plans around taking out someone like a nathan as you mentioned over at chinooke that plan does kind of come to you and you you know in your waves go through it while also protecting as we've discussed but were you kind of thinking in the back of your head about like when you would kind of upend that hierarchy where you were currently in a middle spot, which would become more of a bottom spot going forward? Or was it again, like looking more neutrally and like taking opportunities as they come? Well, the further we advanced in the game, we did feel there was a a certain pecking order. And of course, everyone had a slightly different uh, pecking order in mind. I, for example, thought I shared the, the same sort of knockoff list that uh, Matty did. But of course, what annoyed uh, Nathan and Tanuki and perhaps even Chris is that Matty uh, basically told this knockoff list to everybody else, uh, simply editing in the uh, final name to suit whoever he was speaking to. So it was quite tactical from then. And so Matty had done it very well because you'd have never have guessed he seemed so carefree at the beginning. And towards the end, whether intentionally or not, he did become much more of a, a game player. Um, and well, he'd done masterfully to hide that in the past. So what would he do? He would he had his list and he would what, what was he doing with that? You know, he basically had his like list of people to pop off and um, right. keeping at the top uh, his own name and X, you know, and that X was whoever he happened to be speaking to. Right. Which, which makes sense. Right. Uh, mm. So would you have pushed anything or like you were just more thinking about it day by day or did you have a sense of like when, you know, because you thought like Nathan would have been a better target. So did you have a sense of like when that would need to happen or how that would happen or it was just going to kind of arrive if it if it did? Well, I, I had that sort of list and the Nathan, for me, it was going to be Chris and then Nathan and then God knows uh, who would be next. Uh, mm. I'd have to go back into my mentality from then and probably... Mm. Boy, the weekend I've just had to clear <laughs> some of my brain processes. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was certainly uh, a plan. Some people were 
more closely attached to certain amounts of the plan. And of course, you had to adapt it. It was just the, the dynamic of the game with the, the idols that really threw things off on that particular day. For the 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 final seven for for Nathan to go yeah. then yeah yeah if he, yeah after Tanuke. um so I'd love to talk about Leilani such an interesting one for me with Kalaton because she's been in with with Kalaton she was voted out of Kalaton to the other tribe and we see the loyalty that she says in your final episode that she seems really close to you which we hadn't seen as much can you just talk about how that relationship had evolved through the game and that is a shame you don't see it as much Leilani's a huge sweetie and from the very day we first arrived uh, Leilani and I got along really well um basically she uh, let me talk about horses so it's uh, <laughs> a real sack when I'm busy on the beach starving and um, and uh, we sort of opened up to each other and it was very sweet and Leilani is had always been very generous of heart and at first you know a lot of people like Hmm, is this how real is this? And uh, but ultimately, it was very clear throughout that uh, she really does, as she always said, plays with the gut. And everyone was wondering, is she sort of gaming this or not? But uh, no, ultimately, she uh, she really climbed uh, the the lion's teeth uh, often enough uh, because she, even more than shy, had been in in the target. Um, and I think. Well, as we're seeing now, like throughout, she was just not seen as a, a particular threat. Um, and now she's coming into her own as she's able to leverage the very strong relationship she's built and uh, just her, her position within the tribe. So she's done really well for herself. For sure. Well, I'd love to talk about Fishgate, such a big part of that early part of the season, more I think of what Ren was doing because Ren lied about the fish. You didn't. You chose the big fish. You came back told them, you know, you didn't say about there was a, an idol on the island because you didn't want everything from what we saw to kind of like be thrown into chaos. So you said you were kind of given this choice between the idol and the fish, put it down to like a binary decision. And then from what we saw, to, to, from what we saw you told at least Tanuke about the reality. So can you just tell us what really happened with that and what your thinking was through the decision, through the lie, and then through the information that you gave later on? This is an interesting one because, uh, and this is exactly the sort of thing where I would have benefited from watching more Survivor in the past. I had no idea that this is very standard practice for there to be three options. Uh, and what I, and nor did I expect this to sort of come between a head between Ren and myself. Mm. So even though I chose what I thought was sort of the altruistic uh, uh, choice for everybody, it still sort of somehow blew up in my face. They're not as badly as for Ren. As I was literally saying, well, do I really need a chance to get an idol if uh, right now I'm not at all in threat? There's no one in camp who dislikes me. I'm, I'm seen as somebody who's uh, not, not plotting, who's trying to be helpful. And I thought, well, by getting the fish, once again, thinking of the tribe, not of myself. So I thought, no need to go for, a, for an idol. And then I thought, well, let's simplify things and not even mention so the possibility of something in between. So I don't want, as you say, to get people rummaging around the island and upending the nice idyllic days we had in our starvation-riddled uh, Calaton. Um, however, then, of course, uh, we, we got the whiff from, through Chris, of course, very perceptive Chris, who, after one of the challenges, um, sort of spilled the beans that, oh, what was the size of your fish? It's one of the more unusual comparisons uh, <laughs> I've got in life. But, um, yeah, that, that, of course, you know, size of fish does matter um <laughs> and um and yeah 
from from then on like firstly we were not allowed to speak uh the two uh two tribes are really closely like uh like locked up from speaking to each other especially challenges uh even though this was a, a highly effective little uh, uh nugget of information because from then on we were able to use that as leverage and there was a small little bomb one could chuck into uh Lenena, um which which we saw like had had a number of ripple effects including uh you know ren chief survival survivor person getting chucked out so early on and uh nonetheless it did and i think i managed to ma- uh to manage it reasonably well so i thought oh god like now it's going to be revealed that there was a middle option and even though i still made the right choice it's mm. just going to uh, call into question you know my uh my my integrity and my my honesty and as we know in survivor you know, one's trust can be so easily called into question, and that's not what I needed then. But that sort of blew over. I thought, let's let's preempt anyone telling each other. So I immediately t- told Tanuki, told Shai, I told Nathan, and that sort of filtered down. I thought, okay, let's let's rather include them, make friends out of them. And uh, I, I, what I've really learned in, in in Survivor is that if you've got a dirty secret speak uh like speak about it to relevant people as rapidly as possible because it's going to come out <laughs> that's unfortunately always the case yeah well look it went a lot better for you than for ren so i feel like you are the ultimate winner of fishgate which was such a big part of the season but you mentioned yeah if you'd seen more survivor definitely your preseason bio was one of my favorite bios ever you mentioned that this was kind of a new thing to you you even have a brand named survivor which I will say, Lawrence, I kind of feel like we feel like we, we're Survivor. Like, I feel like that origin, we're originally, I feel like we got that in 2000, but that might just be me. But, but what about like the show? Like having, did you, you know, you'd watch like a little bit to prep? Was it, was it what you expected it to be from like that, you know, cramming that you'd done? No, so uh, I'd originally, I wasn't able to access any of the other Survivor uh, episodes except for the original UK Survivor. And uh, because I was freely available on YouTube, so I thought, oh, this is this is charming. This is really just like um, you know, everyone getting along. Kumbaya seems quite really. It's just a survival thing. And uh, well, as part of the screening process, we had to go s- speak to a clinical uh, uh, sort of psychologist, or was it psychiatrist? One of the two. And he pointed out, look, Lawrence, I think you're not prepared for this because the the game of Survivor has really moved on massively since that version in 2005 it's a tough one lawrence you were an absolutely unique character not sure we've seen anyone like you for a very long time thank you so much probably for what again. you probably not i don't know that there's another one like you out there lawrence but great to get your insights into the way that you approach the game thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and i i hope everything's great now with your health and, and your heart and everything from oh, after no, the show. Absolutely. amazing absolutely. thank you so much have a great day you too pleasure meeting you Thank you. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good afternoon. What time is it in Shannon? It is midnight. Oh, wow. You're my first interview. So I've done, I've done 3 a.m. I've done, so midnight is early for me. But thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Huge character through the show. Sorry to see you go here at sixth place but congratulations on a great game thank you thanks so much i have a lot of questions for you that's what i say to everyone but it really is true and they're going to have to start with this week you find the idol the lobster trap is open it's like a gift from the survivor gods talk me through your thought process because it's hard i feel like how to manage that you know okay so taking it first to hannah and lawrence what were you trying to achieve through all of the shenanigans of that afternoon yeah, sure. So I think some context that was perhaps didn't come across in the in the edit was that um, it was very obvious. It was going to be very obvious to the to the camp who found the idol, because the lobster trap was at the far end of the beach where no one didn't go, except for unless you were going for like Trima or you were going looking for something very specific, mm-hmm. and and that's where I went. I went immediately went idol hunting because that's where I believed the clue was or the key was or where it was going to be. So as I was walking back to where our main sort of shelter and camp was, Lawrence and Hannah were walking towards me. So they would have eventually got to the lobster yeah. trap and they would have seen Idol's not there. The only person that's been up there, Nathan. So part of my, I guess, strategy uh, or plan was to sort of use that bit of information to kind of Give, make them feel like they kind of had a little bit of an, an, an advantage or that like I'm kind of putting some trust in them, some faith in them and use and almost use that as an attempt to sort of form a, a, a bit of an alliance or a bit of a plan with, with them. Um, at that stage, I hadn't really quite worked out, right, how's, how I'm going to, like what the actual, uh, who I wanted to vote for, um, who I wanted to actually vote for because but my game all the way up until that point has been like quite open and like quite like direct, quite honest, um, which you might've have seen that like, I would tell people I'm going to vote for you. And the survivor purists might look at that and say, that's a, that's a strategy made in like, that's a, a basic, not going to get you very far. But I also wanted to make it a scene that that's how I'm going to play the game until I don't have to play that game that anymore. So when I didn't, when I couldn't play that game, I didn't. So when it was Doug, when it was Shy, when it was Rachel, I didn't let them know. But when I can be direct and transparent with it, I would. And so I always wanted to kind of like throw the scent off of when is he going to sort of switch? Uh, when is he going to not be direct? And at that point, I wanted to make people feel like he's being direct with me. Um, at some point, you do have to lie. You do have to say you're going to vote this way and you're going to go the other way. Um, but I think sharing that with Lawrence and Hannah, in short, it was to get them on board, get them think like second guessing, how's he going to play this? Um, and almost just sort of throw the cat amongst the hairs, really. Cat amongst the pigeons, rather, I think. <laughs> there we go. 
Yeah, well, I mean, sowing that type of chaos often can be a good thing for getting the votes off you, which they did get off you. Was there ever yeah. any thought of your mind of like, well, now I can afford to not play the idol because people think that I'm going to play it so much that they won't vote for me and now yeah. I don't have to play it? Yeah, definitely. It was definitely, um, it, I, th- I think, again, outside looking in, I think it seems it seems quite clear that they wasn't going to vote for me. It's hard, think- yeah. You kind of you, you don't know, and I think my thought process was, and I and I actually wanted to. You could see me sort of being quite egotistical and quite um, abrasive, I guess, um, with my with my with my approach because I wanted them to get so riled up that they wanted to vote for me, and then I might not. Um, right. Um. So I was kind of just trying to just stir the pot as much as I could to just. And almost get them second guessing what they wanted to do, um, but in the end, ultimately, I decided. Well, Nathan, you've got two options here. You can either play the idol, and you're guaranteed another night. You're guaranteed another night, and tomorrow's another day. You've got another immunity challenge, and and at that point, you know you're the last six, and you've got a one in six chance of winning that last um, that immunity idol, or you can take the gamble that actually they don't vote for you and you've got it for another one. For me, I would, I, I like taking destiny into my own hands and destiny in my own hands was playing it. Then guaranteed me that night, the next day destiny's in my hands in terms of how well I do in that immunity challenge. And I didn't do what I needed to do to win, to win that idol. And then I guess the rest was history. Yeah. Well, there's a lot going on. Obviously you can't lock the cage back up because you don't have a key, try and like bluff it and put something there. So you were in a very hard spot. I don't know that there was a perfect way to play that situation. It was really, really tough. But then you said, you said that you were choosing between Matthew and Lawrence. What happened for you to put the vote on Lawrence? Um, Ultimately, I think I still probably rightly or wrongly um, was looking at, well, actually I could sort of redeem some, redeem something with Matty in a sense of, I know that, you know, you've done what you've done with Tanuke, but I could potentially say some stuff to him that makes him feel like he's on side. And with Lawrence, I think there was probably still some, uh, a bit of a taste in my mouth from the shy move. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's why it was either going to be Lawrence or, or Matty. Um, I think there was much more appetite from the rest of the truck from the rest of the camp to go for for Lawrence um and that was ultimately what it boiled down to the other part as well actually coming to think of it was I was looking at challenges and thinking about who's going to be my biggest like challenge threat when it comes to these different things that I believe would be coming up next so I know that Lawrence is well into endurance um sort of uh, like marathons and he's I think he's doing an ultra. He was planning to do an ultra. Um, so I knew that from a physical standpoint, strength wise, I would have it. Endurance wise, Lawrence might give me a run for my money. And then I was weighing, and I guess also from like a, um, like a, I guess, trivia or puzzle point of view, Lawrence would perhaps would give me a run for my money. So I was trying to appraise, right? So like Doug was my physical um, nemesis. So he had to go. Um, Lawrence w- would have been challenging me in other aspects so I kind of wanted to make sure that when we're going into these last ones where every immunity idol counts for me what needed to count um, 
how am I going to give myself the best shot of winning those challenges? Because that's ultimately what I wanted, how I wanted to play the next few sort of days out is just winning immunity challenges, not by, you know, the whole social stuff and backstabbery. Mm-hmm. Well, had you heard that there were other votes on Lawrence when you did that, or you were hoping that it would be maybe yeah. your vote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you'd heard that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so I knew that everyone was going to be going. And I guess part of why I felt that it could, like I could make it past another day, even if um, I didn't win the next immunity challenge was because, uh, and this was quite naive of me, I guess, but Lawrence, sorry, Hannah and Pegleg, that I was the one that said, I'm going to vote for, for Lawrence. And they were with me, I guess. They, so they voted with me to vote for Lawrence. Um, and so therefore, in my mind, wrongly, I thought, well, the next vote, even if I don't win the immunity idol, as long as Chris doesn't, they might vote with me to vote for Chris. But I guess their, their play really, and when, they think, when, I'm, when I look back at it, it wouldn't make any sense for me to be going through with them because they know that Chris isn't, he's not got the most fans on the, on the jury council. So it wouldn't make sense to bring me when they, they can bring someone that has no friends on the, on the jury. Yeah, I mean, we definitely hear Hannah speak to that. I would love to kind of talk about some of those jurors and some people still in the game and go back to early Caliton, where it really felt like you and Tanuke were running the tribe. Can you give a sense of how you felt the hierarchy was? I saw it as a bit of an onion alliance, you and Tanuke in the middle. We know Matthew was there. Jess and Rachel we saw on, on one side of that. Lawrence was kept in check. Shy was someone you, you seem to vouch for a lot. The audience can't see that I am using my hands, but this is how I kind of visualize it for myself. Can you give me a sense of how you felt the hierarchy was broken down in some of those key relationships? Yeah, I think very early on, I think in, in uh, Calaton, it definitely felt that certainly after the Richard vote, um, that we were, me and Tanuke were pretty much running the show. And that it was interesting because we didn't do that by design. It just was something that happened quite organically. Um, I guess people saw her as quite a strong person, saw me as quite a strong person um, and just sort of got behind that really. Um, I think Shy and Lawrence formed a, yeah, formed a, a relationship. Uh, Jess and Rachel formed a relationship. But I guess what was good is uh, Tanuke had her relationships with the, with the girls. I had my relationships with the guys. And I guess between us, we essentially that's how we sort of, I guess, took control of the, of, of the direction. Um, I think we very much saw Matty as part of that initial sort of alliance. So when up, shortly after me and Tanuke said, yeah, we're going to work together to the end, we said, actually, there's something can bring in Matty and because, you know, he's been quite loyal. He's, he's been doing, he's been contributing well in challenges. And actually, if we expand that is, you know, the strong three that we can take right through to the end. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably sums up, sums it up quite well. So yeah, as you explained it, that probably was a fair, um, and that probably would have been the order in which people would have got picked off, like, Hmm. unfortunately, um, yeah, yeah. Well, we see you vouching for shy a lot. I feel like we get a lot of that in the edit. I mean, every vote, it's kind of like, it can be this person or shy and the other person tends to go home and we always see you you know, kind of appreciating that he's bringing a lot of the challenges. And then he does immediately turn on you guys. How do you look back at those decisions to keep shy? And is it a fair assessment that you were advocating for him? 
Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, after that, uh, the, the barrel hole challenge, you know, there was no way that I would sort of see him be going at that stage of the game for sure. Um, and I think it's, it's one of those ones where we, we knew that he wouldn't win because actually he had no real, uh, you know, no real friends in the game, so to speak. You know, within Carleton, he was like bottom. And within Lenena, somehow he managed to form enemies from across the water. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so it's kind of like there was, there was only really upside in having, in having him around because he could help us get further into the game. Uh, and when the time is right, then we just say, actually, you are no longer really adding any value here. Goodbye. And I guess what really flipped things on its head was when we had the, the merge, the tribe swap. Mm. And that's where things got a little bit hairy. And I guess even at that stage, I, I hadn't seen it coming that he was going to flip to the Lenenans because he was the one that was really advocating for Calaton Strong, Calaton Strong, Calaton Strong. So when Jess was saying, I'm not sure, but I'm not really too sure. I don't, I haven't got a good feeling about this. I said, mm, no, he's like, he's, he said he was the one that one advocating for Calaton Strong. And so then unfortunately, yeah, Jess took the, Jess took the L there and then, but then he had to go uh, because it showed that, yeah, he'd got a bit too big for his boots. Yeah. Where do you put like your place in that? Obviously when Doug and Peg flip back and vote out shy, what work do you think you were particularly doing to take him out at that point? Yeah. So immediately before we'd, before we'd even gone to sleep after tribal council, I'd started putting in the work for, to get Doug and, peg leg on on board I guess and essentially gave them my word that look it doesn't really matter what you guys want to do I'm not going to be having any conversations around tribal council because there's only one person I'm going to vote for and just so that they were really clear about where I'm going because the other person it could have been Lawrence but so I needed them to be really clear that the only person I'm voting for in while I'm still in this game is Chai and I think also uh, Doug and Pegleg, um, obviously again, coming from Lenena and going back to my point on Shai, somehow managed to create and have enemies within Lenena. I think they'd come across with this idea of, right, we're going to go red Calaton of Shai. And mm-hmm. so I think they also had a vested interest in sort of seeing Shai go home. So they were, it was quite a, an easy, um, sort of conversation to truth be told and you know they could have changed their mind at any moment to be honest um but i think they probably saw me as a known threat whereas there was no telling what what shy would do what about lawrence in that i mean lawrence the whole time like he's part of this again like big kind of monolith group that you have through calaton you actually vote with him vote out someone like rachel he's in on all of those votes but he's with shy and he's going to flip with Shy, and then you're going to flip back on, you know, take out Shy, but not him. And then you get to the merge and he has to like kind of be with Calaton until you're going to get to the point where you're part of him being voted out. And he's also been kind of quasi part of this Tanuke flip in a way that I think really matters. So Lawrence is an enigma to me. Can you just talk through the evolution of this relationship? Yeah. So, so Lawrence from pretty much day one wanted to play this like, quite agnostic, neutral party. Mm. 
and has always wanted to be quite, oh, like I'm not involved in anything. So therefore, and that's right up to the very end, even with the Tanuke vote, he kind of wanted to be like, oh, I'm kind of not involved in this, like keep my hands clean kind of thing. And for me in, in this game, you kind of, there is no gray. There's just kind of like black or white really at certain, certainly in some of those big strategic votes. Um, and so by proxy, he was involved in the, the, the move to our Tanuke. And even with his, you know, his attempt to vote at me, he, his, his, his narrative or his rationale for going against me is that with Shai, he had an explicit sort of agreement that oh, we're, we're, they're going to work together. Whereas with me, it was more implicit and it wasn't like we'd formally agreed that we're going to work together. And so therefore he felt no. And I, as soon as I got to Kalena, I said to Tunuke, launch has got to go. Mm-hmm. And she, she still had, she still had some sort of, uh, I guess, alliances with him. And I guess he wasn't the biggest threat at that stage. Um, he wasn't like, he wasn't going around forming like great relationships. He was kind of on his own. So he was almost a number that we could just, just use, I guess. So for that reason, it kind of made sense to keep him around. And he'd, he actually said to me that he, you know, he really trusted Tunike and Tunike really trusted him. So therefore I relied on the trust and relation that they had, which actually wasn't anything really, because that ultimately I think saw so to new kick at home, really, because if he had voted another way, yeah, then he would have still been in the game. Yeah. Well, and another, you know, key ally through that is Leilani. And I feel like that's an interesting relationship as well, because she was going to get voted out. She gets voted to the other tribe. It felt like you were pushing again and like advocating for Shy, like Leilani's on the other side of that. And then she's also like this key person to come back with at the merge. So what and then ironically, when Danuke goes out, she's like your last like OG Calaton member when when Matt and, and Lawrence had flipped. So what was kind of the evolution of that to go through that and then kind of be left together at the end? Yeah, I, I guess with Lalani, um, like our very first conversation, our very first tribal politics conversation was quite an open one where she approached me and I said, look, my, my first vote's either going to be for you or Richard. Yeah. And I think she really respected that. And we've, we've always had like quite open um, and direct conversations about anything really and feedback and good, bad or indifferent. And so... I think she's always just valued that. And, and that's how I've always, I wanted to play the game where I was always open, honest and direct until I didn't have to be, or until I couldn't be, sorry, very more. And so it's kind of what you see is what you got until that wasn't an option. So in those three scenarios when it wasn't an option, it, I had to just do what I had to do. Um, and so Lalani, she, she was another one that I think just kind of you you couldn't always tell where where she could just do something completely random because a lot of it was sort of done by the seat of her pants. And so whilst I knew that I don't think she would directly vote for me, I knew she could also be quite passive in a in a move against me. So I'd kind of recognize that and and she could very much do a move like Lawrence, for example. And not know about the plan, but not say anything to me. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of, yeah. Yeah. Well, getting to the merge with, you know, two key allies in Matthew and Tanuke, but then again, like 
more vague connections in Lawrence and Leilani and what should have been a Kalaton minority. It looked like it should have been bad, but there's going to be this like big Lenana implosion, the Lee stuff, then Ash is going to go. It's going to be like a big focus on Ash and Chris. Then, you know, the, the Doug vote is such a big table setting vote or what, what could have been for Kalaton. What was your kind of impact in that, or your thought process in getting to that, to what was, you know, a very brief position of like extreme power that UN Sanuke had for her blind side? When we got to the merge and, you know, we first got to, I guess, what was Lenana Beach, then I guess Kalena, um, it was like a circus. I remember getting there and there was just conversations happening left, right. And so Ali was pulling me to one side, Chris was pulling me to one side. And it was, you know, it was very difficult to make heads or tails of the situation. So I just really just relied on my my allies um, that had been at that camp for, for longer than I had to give me the 411 on what needed to happen. So that was, you know, Tanuke and Matty. And, and Tanuke at that point had said, you know, Lee was coming after her. Um, and I, I didn't really get the sense that that was the case, but I trusted Tanuke, what Tanuke was saying. And, um, you know, so based on that, that was enough for me to say, all right, let's, let's just put all our votes on Lee, then let's just make that happen. And then, um, even during tribal council that that for for Lee's um, departure, when Lee was coming out and saying actually it was Ashley that wanted to get Tanuke out and and he was the one that stopped it, I was trying to say to Tanuke maybe we need to we need to get our votes onto Ashley or, or Chris, and that the issue was is that because it was two of them Ashley or Chris, it was difficult to try and influence everyone in that setting. Mm to vote on the, the same right person. Because if half of us went on Ashley, half of us went on Chris, it would have just been a bit of a, a free-for-all and might not have got the result that we wanted. So in the end, just sort of... And look, Tanuke had kind of suggested that she was just still going for Lee. So just kind of fell in line. And then to kind of not, you know, show your cards too early. Um, but yeah, once Lee went, once Ashley went, and went, and then I guess we the move on Doug, very, very like powerful, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Almost like the idea and vision that we'd manifested on day two, day three was just really coming strong because, you know, when that my uh, tribe swap happened, I knew that Tanuke, if she couldn't navigate her way through to that to the merge, and I did, then we're, we're, we're plain sailing. We've got this. Um, and so when we got to that point, we were sitting down and we said, "Yep, yeah, this is." This is ours. We felt like we had a strong alliance with mm. Tanuke, Matty, Lawrence, Lenani. So it was just like, just pick off the Lenanans one by one, one by one, one by one. And then, yeah, and then I guess, um, you know, Chris got to Matty and then the rest was history. Would you have ever turned on Tanuke or ever changed that, that hierarchy in any way? No, you're shaking uh, your head, no. Uh. I would, I, I would, and and truth be told, I probably wouldn't have of of switched on Matty neither. And I think that's the that's the ten percent or the five percent that meant that I probably would never have won because that five ten percent that you need that of ruthlessness that you need to be the ultimate victor. I think I don't possess, um, and I, I probably my where I finish is probably representative of of, of how much. I was willing to like put into it. And that last bit that you need is, is what I lacked because you need a, a different level of yeah, ruthlessness and determination to look someone in the eyes and say, I will never vote for you. And then just vote for them that, that 
that night. So, um, which I probably could have. Certainly, because you're you're merging like real life relationship yeah. and game. Yeah, it would have been really tough for me to do that, and I just just don't know if I got it in me. Yeah, it seemed to kind of you know hurt a lot that Matt did that and turned on the alliance. Like Tanuke had been such a core ally for you. You were you were at the top of the hierarchy. It all came tumbling down. What was the feeling in that blind side? And then you know the the few days with Matt after that and having to kind of deal with that having happened. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it got very real at that point. Um, and yeah, the hurt the hurt was real. The the betrayal was real for sure. I think. You know, once the night had passed, I kind of just understood it. Like the game is the game and you can't live your life or that game based on like your expectations on what people should and shouldn't do. And that like, Matty had his perspective, his understanding of dynamics and the situation. And based on what he was told, what he could see and how he felt, he made that decision. And it's, I can't be upset because he felt like this way. That's how he felt. That's how he made his decision. So I just kind of had to dust myself off and assess how I moved forward from there. But quite frankly, I was so hungry that every tribal mm-hmm. council where I, I survived another night almost felt like a bit of a loss as well, because I was imagining what people were going to be eating while I was back at camp starving my, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, definitely a unique experience. Had you known a lot about Survivor coming into the show and what on earth you'd gotten yourself into? Yeah, so I, I definitely, I'd watched a few seasons, like Australian um, uh, seasons. And so I knew that it was going to be tough and I knew it was going to be hard. The last, when Pulse merge, I'm fairly sure the rations halved um, because you could actually see in the, like from day 20 to day 30, like how much weight loss I, I had. Um, and I just, I don't know whether I was just the portions, I was just getting tighter portions or whatnot, but there was a noticeable difference in how hungry I, hungry I was, how much energy I had. And then, um, and I think that was making it very, very difficult for sure. Well, last question. I know I don't have you for long. Um, at that final six, when you go home, and Chris has been such a big target. He is the cat with more than nine lives, 90 lives at this point. Was there anything you were doing in particular to try and get Hannah and Peg, who you said had just voted with you? They'd also voted with Chris to be there all against Lawrence. But was there anything you were doing in particular other than being like, look at that man. That's all, like, clearly let's all vote him out. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think they, they because we'd always there was this kind of general consensus in cat that chris was the biggest person threat to go and he needed to go and he needs to go and it was just that things just kept on shifting there was nothing to suggest that they weren't going to vote for chris at that stage and i guess they were probably playing a better game by pacifying me and saying well actually you know this is why we did this before and with tanuke but actually that's 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 the history um now it's it's back to chris so I kind of just took, almost took that at face value. So that's you know, naive of me to think that. But it was only going to go one way. Um, there, I don't think there was too much more. They've already said that I'm gonna, they're going to vote for Chris. There's, yeah. I didn't, they weren't saying that they were doing anything different. So that kind of is what it was, yeah. really. No, I get it. Look, I was shocked that you went truly my jaw was on the floor. I did not think it would be you. So I totally get you having the same impression. I've taken too much time. Thank you so much for coming on and explaining your insights. You had a huge part in the season. So it's great to get your thoughts on all of it. And thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. 
Thank you, Shannon. Thanks so much. Bye. There you have it, everyone. Hope that you enjoyed those two X interviews. I really enjoyed doing them. I think it's been a really, really great season of X interviews, getting a bit more of that time with such a great cast in the end who have definitely brought a more of an eclectic approach to the game. But hearing all of the insights has really provided so much context. So thank you to the BBC, as always, for facilitating these interviews. As I said at the top of the show, the recap with Mike and the check-in with Rob should be out for you already to listen to. And then I'm covering Survivor 45, as always, Survivor global slash stock wash crossover is coming this week with Taryn from the penultimate episode. I'm also covering the crown with Grace Leader on post show recap. So a lot of podcasting happening at the moment. Follow me at Shannon Gates so you can get all of that. See when all the podcasts are posted. But thank you to anyone who's listening to all of this content, any of this content. I appreciate you as always. Thank you for being on what has been such a fun journey of Survivor UK with me. Finale next week. I'm super excited. Hope you enjoyed this and I will see you then. Bye. Australian survivor 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 It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.